0: Well, hello everyone. I'd like to look today at the topic of prevailing prayer and revival from the life of Jacob in the 32nd chapter of Genesis. And I hope that as we do this, we'll see something afresh of the the essence of revival, and so remind ourselves to seek nothing less than that. Jacob, as we all know, he was a hard man, wasn't he? A hard man to deal with. He was deceitful, dishonest, beguiling. You wouldn't want him as a business partner, maybe not even as a client. He had a tenacity to obtain the thing that he wanted. And you know, he wanted God's blessing. And so I want to begin by asking all of us a question. What are you willing to do to obtain the blessing of God? How far are you willing to go? And I want to look at three scenes in the life of Jacob here in the 32nd chapter. And scene number one begins with Jacob's problem. Uh, as we enter into his life in chapter 32, he's just coming away from a sojourn with, uh, with Laban. And he's returning to the land of his inheritance by the promise of his father Isaac. But the problem is his brother Esau is there. Esau was the firstborn who lost his birthright to this conniving younger brother. And Jacob's messengers come back with a startling report from a scouting expedition. and They say Esau is coming at you with 400 armed men. What does Jacob do? Well, he does what Jacob does. He schemes, he plans. And this time he decides he's going to take his company and divide them up into two camps and arrange them just like so. And his reason is that if Esau attacks the one and destroys it, that at least creates an opportunity for the second one to escape. But you see what God has done? He has brought Jacob to the end of his own means vengeance is on his doorstep and actually in the best case scenario he's going to lose half of everything he has scene number two is in verse nine and Jacob said oh God of my father Jacob prays Jacob prays he reminds God of his promise of his purpose he says Uh, But you said to the Lord, but you said, I will surely do you good. Well, that's all well and good. I mean, Esau did despise his birthright after all. He sold it for a bowl of pottage. And so Jacob's claim is legitimate, but he is still a big man in his own eyes. And what about us? I mean, here we are, and we genuinely desire revival. And it, that, our, our claim is legitimate, because God has indeed promised to bless the church, to build his kingdom. But if, like Jacob here, we look for blessing only as God's cavalry to ride in at the last moment and save us from being overrun, then I believe we are falling short we are missing the heart of revival. So let's look at the third scene in Jacob's life and see if we can see what that is, the heart of revival. In verse 24, we see Jacob's turning point. Because we read that after sending all his people on a a, a away, Jacob was left alone. And that night, God came. I wonder, would you dare risk being alone with God? All alone in the dark? Or are you afraid of what he might do to you? Look, it was God who came to Jacob. It was God who engaged him and an all nighter of wrestling. It was God who injured his hip. It was God who tapped out and said, he did not prevail. And he said, behold, the day breaketh, let me go. And then Jacob gave this famous response. He said, I will not let thee go unless you bless me. See, Jacob had wanted the blessing. He was willing to do anything for it and He had used every ounce of ingenuity to steal it from his brother. And now Jacob is using every ounce of his strength and every member of his body to lay a hold of Christ. And God asked him a question back. What is your name? See, this was the very same question that his blind father, Isaac, had asked him when he came into him disguised as Esau. And Jacob had said, at that time, "I am Esau, but now he must face the truth of who he is. This time, Jacob answers truthfully, I am Jacob. You see, an inner reckoning has occurred. Oh, you can be sure that in, in the time of your greatest vulnerability, if you are alone with God, he will force you to face your faults do not suppose that god will grant our desire for repentance without also dealing or grant our desire for revival without also dealing with our need for repentance and see what god does he gives him a new name a new identity he says you shall be no more jacob all your cunning all your guile your deception your Scheming and self-reliance on your mitigation plans. No more, Jacob. From now on, you shall be called Israel. Because you've striven with God and prevailed. And there, he blessed him. And Jacob says, Peniel. I've seen now. I've seen the face of God. You see, he has... Now he has more than God's blessing. Now he has God. And he's a changed man. And we might look at this and say, but wait. God injured him. But remember, the wounds of a friend can be trusted. It's very important to understand when God comes to wrestle us. He doesn't come as an adversary to destroy. He comes... In our time of crisis, as a mentor, and he creates a crisis in us, a struggle, and he leads us through that struggle so that we emerge on the other side, along with him, strengthened. So I want to modify the first question that I asked, not what are you willing to do, but what are you willing to have done to you? to receive God's blessing? What if it meant that God had to bring you to the ground to injure you so that you are never the same again? And so from the life of Jacob, I take this lesson. This is revival. Revival is more than God's rescue from a darkening culture, culture bearing down on us with 400 swords. It's more than just the salvation of our loved ones. It's more than desiring God to fulfill his own promises to bless the church. It is the manifest presence of God beside you, behind you, all around you, and inside you. And when he comes, he will exhaust your own strength. He will injure you so that your inner man is renewed in his presence. And then... He blesses you.